Hello, all you podcast listeners. Welcome to Knife Journal Podcast, episode 81. I'm a little bit hoarse tonight because I was at the Bliss Fest Music Festival all day yesterday. <coughs> so, um, I'd like to welcome uh, all you to some fun time, summertime listening here at... <laughs> Knife Journal Podcast. I don't want to say KHQ, but how you doing, Kyle? Good. Here how are with you? Kyle Verstig. Yep. We're so, just hanging. We're just hanging out here, just having some fun up here in the summertime in northern Michigan. Yeah. This this is the first one that we've done where uh, we haven't been like in the same location for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This so is uh, this we're is a Skype one. Yeah. This is we're back to the old school way. Yep. My uh, kids are headed off right now to go down to the dog jump. Oh, that's awesome. You, yeah. you know what? You should go see that. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's a, sending, that is a lot of fun. I'm sending uh, the wife with the good camera, so oh, cool. she'll take some good pictures and stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I was out to, um, I don't know if you saw that, I made a post last or this morning on Facebook because where, where Bliss Fest is, Bliss Fest is a gigantic hippie music festival. Oh, boy. That Excuse me, that one day you're going to have to come up and see. It's pretty funny. Um, 50,000 people. Wow. And it's in a big, it's like a Woodstock kind of situation. Huh. Um, they, uh, my, well, my sister does, my sister does the Porta Johns there. And uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a big deal for her to, I mean, I don't know how many toilets they put there, probably 200 toilets or something. And, and she does a shower trailer and a generator and sets up a little camp, you know. And they, and every year it's it's something's not ever working right, and uh-huh. I end up I end up uh, helping out a little bit. And and this year my oldest son, um, for nostalgic reasons, decided that he was going to help out his aunt this year. So uh, yesterday I got to work with Stephen, my youngest, and Jimmy, my oldest, and so we just had and both podcast listeners too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's, I think Jimmy's been on a podcast before. Actually, yeah, haven't both of them? Mm, I'm not sure Stephen has, but maybe. No, maybe. he was when we fixed the hoopty. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, so it was kind of fun to work with them. So, um, Kathy was uh, toward the toward the evening. The, you know, they had the usually have an easy first night meal because everything's so hectic. You know, getting things set up and and. Uh, they had hot dogs and beans, and they had Kogel hot dogs and and uh, a pot of beans, and Kathy cooked hot dogs on the grill, and all they had was uh, green onions. They didn't even have any regular onions, and uh, so I like onions on my hot dogs, so Kathy, or Kathy's looking around for some kind of knife to cut them with, you know, and no knife. They, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even bring a kitchen knife, you know, so my sister didn't, uh-huh. so I went into the Jeep full of stuff, and I happen to have that um, uh, that hollow handle survival knife. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I sliced up the onions with that. It was actually pretty good. So, so guess what, guys? You can slice onions with a survival knife. Huh? A hollow handle survival knife. That was one of the um, Martin Martin style knives. Actually, Martin knife by by Boker. Yeah, I like that thing. Yep, yep. So that was cool. <clears throat> so, uh, what 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 do you got going on? I tried to get a hold of you this week, and you must have been busy up to your eyeballs. Yeah, just uh, busy with work and all that. You know how that is. Fight fighting Cherry Festival traffic. Uh huh. Has it been bad? Uh, I've managed to stay clear of it. I did get caught in it one day, but uh, today is the last day of it. So, hopefully, it'll be uh, you know. Quiet after this. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. So you got all your wood put up. Yep. You got what? What? You're moving. You got. I see. You got a chicken discussion going on. Your your guy can't supply you with enough eggs. Or no. Yeah, I got. Well, because I'm down to my last egg from there, and we check like seriously every day. Um, which reminds me, give me two seconds. I'm going to tell Gretchen to stop off to the fridge and check it here. One okay. minute. Yeah. So the uh, the problem is is that my guy 
you I don't know how many eggs he's making because he's only got like half a dozen chickens down there and so we check it all the time there's like a fridge and then there's like a slot in the wall that you put your money into mm-hmm. it's like the honor system but we check it all the time he just doesn't I just don't think he's got enough output and of course everybody else is checking too uh-huh. and so we get down to about six eggs and we start looking well I'm now down to one and she's going to check there today, but also a patient of mine brought me in uh, some eggs that are sitting in the fridge at my office, so we'll get those at least. But uh, there's this uh, service here locally called Rent-A-Chicken. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and you, you pay a couple hundred bucks, and the lady comes and drops off like a portable chicken coop and chickens and all the food you need, and they drop it off in like April and then uh, she picks it up in, like, October. Hmm. And, like, if a chicken gets eaten or whatnot, uh, you'd have you'd pay, like, 20 bucks, and she'd give you another one. Hmm. So I'm going to do that next year. Better get two. <laughs> well, I'll have her bring me a large coop. <laughs> yeah, because you can't... Uh, I, I don't think one chicken su- can supply you with... No, yeah, we're going to need uh, four chickens, probably. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Oh, I saw. I just learned about a new knife from a comment on one of my videos on YouTube. Oh yeah. Have you seen this thing? Uh, it's not new. It's old. Uh, Almar SF10. Google oh, yeah. that shit. Oh yeah. That thing is awesome. Yep. And that's. Yep. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't get them anymore. Right, I mean they're just. Right. Yeah, so um, it, Almar doesn't make that. Gary Fadden doesn't like the doesn't want to make that knife anymore. Yeah, so um, if you're wondering what that is, it's basically the a Jimmy Lyle style knife. Yep. Um, I think they did the teeth really well on it. Uh, I like the grind lines. Um, <clears throat> and those, they didn't make a ton of them. Yeah. But they really. Uh, but they really do look nice. And every once in a while, you can see them on eBay. They go for a lot of money. Yeah, like fourteen hundred bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if there's one on there now. But and you know what? What? Uh, and I guess I didn't realize this, but um, if for those of you who don't know, Von Neely is the one that's making the new Jimmy Lyle knives. And Von Neely, oh. in in itself, is uh, uh, a very good howl handle knife maker. He. Huh. he uh, uh, I don't know. He just does a real nice job with them. Well, here's one on eBay uh, for a thousand ninety-five dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when people were bitching about uh, them being a uh, uh, two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, they're, but they're a good-looking knife. You can get them with all different color uh, handle wraps, green and red. Yeah, I like the red. Yeah, I like how they really did that. Good. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, that would be so simple to make something like that. I know mm-hmm. you and I have been kicking back and forth some uh, designs on SketchUp. And mm-hmm. I think one of these times we need to make one of those or make a, a small run of them. I bet you'd sell them for crazy money. But, yeah, it's hard. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's hard saying. They, uh, um, with the, you know, we were talking about, uh, last time we were on, we were talking about Henry rifles and, and, uh, making, making copies of, of original rifles. I, I'm not sure people maybe are, maybe not going to go crazy. No, you don't make a copy, but what I'm saying is make a, make a hollow handle um, like that one that I sent you, right? Uh, with, uh, but put your own blade shape on it, right? That I think, if you made twenty five of those, you could sell sell them in seconds. I would think. Yeah. I mean, I if 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 I made twenty five of that <coughs> knife and just announced them, they'd be gone for sure by the end of the day. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm sure they would be. It's just getting the machining to do all of that, and I mean that that would it be. It takes difficult. a lot. It 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 takes a lot to, yeah. make, to put one of those together. 
I mean, I was doing some investigating on it. I mean, it can be done, but... Yeah. So, uh, which leads me into the next uh, next two emails that I got. I got two emails, and I'm not sure if you got them or if they... I didn't forward them to you, but I wasn't sure if they, they might have sent them to both of us. Uh, the first one is from uh, one of our listeners that is uh, been been with us for a long time, and uh, his name is Rick, uh-huh. and he says, uh, gentlemen, just to go back to the last episode, Henry rifles are manufactured in two locations. One, Bayonne, New Jersey, my hometown. Ironically, I believe their rifles are illegal to buy here in New Jersey. Oh, God. <laughs> to, to the fantastic gun laws we are subject to live under. And the other is in Wisconsin. Um, I do not own a Henry, from, but from my research, I get the impression that the owners are decent people and are trying to adhere to the history, to the history behind the name. The Henry website is actually pretty good. Finally, to touch on another subject, I know you touched on in the past. What would you recommend to split firewood, an axe or a splitting mall? Thanks so much. Love the show, Rick. <clears throat> so he, first he, of all, thanks a ton for. Uh, the info on Henry. Uh, yeah. I, I'm still gonna. I have. To, I have to go to a course um, to build my car here uh, next month in August, and it's down by. It's kind of down by Detroit. I mean, it's not in Detroit. I think it's like north and west a bit. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna go. I, I may what, stop what by Cabela's. What town is it you're going to? Ham- so it's it's actually Howell, Michigan. It's a suburb of. Well, it's not really a suburb of Detroit, I wouldn't say. No, it's it's outside of Detroit. It's yeah. pretty far, actually. Well, so it's a nice, a nice little town. I am going to try and handle a, uh, uh, a Henry like I want, and side by side with a Marlin, and yeah. I'll, I'll pick the one that feels the best, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other uh, the other we were talking a little bit about uh, what he had said was. Um, how do you? What do you want to split wood with? An axe or a or a hatchet and or a axe or a, uh, a splitting maul. And yeah. it does de- it does depend on the wood that you're using. I I grew up splitting wood with a double bitted axe. Yeah. And and uh, back then, believe it or not, we were splitting a ton of elm. And elm is a bugger to split with anything. Yeah. And um, uh, but it. But it seemed like what I could do would was to peel off a lot of the outside. As long as you work around the outside in small pieces, you could get it off. And it, and I don't know if you could do that with a splitting maw because the splitting maw you it would end up getting buried in it. Oh yeah. And and the double bitted axe allowed you to to do a flip motion with. Yeah. The, it's hard to describe exactly. Yeah, how you it just works, flip it a little bit and it'll yeah, pop and, it off. Yeah, and it pops it out, and I don't think you could do that very well with a with a splitting maw. That being said, I don't I don't use a double bitted axe anymore because I had that Grantzer splitting maw. Yeah, and and I really do like that. Well, um, I I like it, but you know, on that tree we cut down that ash. Yeah, it, it, it's like overkill to use a splitting maw on that. So oh yeah, I, yeah, well, I split that entire tree up with just a. Uh, El cheapo double bitted axe. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, the ash is the ash. You look at it, it splits. Yeah, same with pot, uh, you, same with walnut, but oak you, is oak can be difficult. Yep, maple can be a little more difficult. Elm definitely is difficult. Yeah, but if you if you um, <laughs> you can literally drive a railroad spike into a piece of ash and it'll split. Oh yeah, you know yeah. if you try to if you try to use a piece of ash for your anvil. You'll see what I'm talking about. You'll end up making bands around the outside of it to hold the damn piece of wood together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happened. I split yep. through like, you know, when I was using the splitting maul, <clears throat> I'd give it a real good swing, and it'd split the top log and the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. so I had to switch. But uh, so that answers that. Um, okay. So then I got another one. <clears throat> it says uh, this one is from a fellow named Rich. And he says, starts out with, James is 100% right. Henry rifles are high quality and work smoothly and flawlessly. American made wonderful stocks and workmanship. The Imperiato family, I believe that's the correct spelling, has done a fantastic job upholding the Henry tradition regardless of whether they bought the name. 
the if the company failed along the line, I'm glad they were there. Kyle, please borrow one and try one. I own a $300, a less than $300 22 lever, and it is exceptional. Huh. Good luck, guys. Thanks for the great podcast, and keep up the podcast firsts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we've had so, a bunch of those lately. <laughs> yeah, so there's a uh, another, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I have to, I mean, I, I agree with him. He, it's, they're, they're, they're really nice rifles. I mean, I kid you not. They're, out of all of the 22s that I have, that's the one that I like the best. I mean, seriously, it's, uh, uh, it's just a little sweetheart. Someday just, for a 22, I want to build like a totally modded 1022, you know? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fun to have one that was like all like tacked out and stuff have, <laughs> and show I, up I, with that? And, I have one. I know. I got to see it though. I want to tack one out, have it be all like high tech carbon fiber and all this <coughs> stuff. I have, um, I have one that's got a uh, special barrel on it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, um, it, the barrel is uh, a titanium outer shell and the, the rifling is on the inside is in a little bit of a tube. And then the, the in, then between them is some kind of a, of, of a polymer uh-huh. that, uh, um, stops any kind of barrel whip. Mm-hmm. I guess you can take that and put that on a, uh, like a Mosin Nagant and make that, make that attack driver. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I have one that's actually, it's a picture of it's in my book. <clears throat> I like it pretty well. It's, it's nice and light. It's got a little folding stock on it and a little scope. It's, it's pretty sweet. Uh-huh. The, uh, Moving on to uh, another topic here. Uh, I so thanks to the listeners uh, for the again. I don't know everything, and you know I'll tell you if I don't know something, and I I really don't understand the entire history of Henry, but I am going to look and uh, see if I can come find one that I like. Uh, actually, you know I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but they they actually do a an hour long, or maybe it's an hour. I think it's an hour long infomercial on one of the outdoor channels, uh-huh. and talking about the history of Henry and how they got to where they are today, uh-huh. and and then it, they go show you through the process of them building rifles and stuff, and it's it's actually pretty cool. I enjoyed the show quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um, for for an infomercial, it was you know you know you don't get a chance to see infomercials about guns, you yeah. know, and that was and that was one that was kind of cool to see an infomercial. You know, it's like the um, it, it was very well done, but it reminded me of like, uh, like the guy that the Ginsu knife. Yeah. And not, not in a, I don't want it, that to sound demeaning to the, to the show that they did because it was actually very nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what, it just was like one of those late hours. I don't even know. I had come in from somewhere. I flipped on the TV set and I was getting ready for bed and it was on and I ended up watching the whole thing. It was, it was actually pretty interesting. Cool. You want to do a couple stories of knives in the news? There's probably some good ones, huh? Yeah, I've got two really good ones. Uh, The first one isn't as good as the second. Um, So the first one comes from NBCnews.com, posted at 4.15 this morning. It's titled, uh, China Knife Attack, One Dead, Twelve Hurt in Stabbing. (laughs) (laughs) So... Not that that's funny. Uh, it's not funny, but it's like, you know. So in you remember in March of 2014, somebody uh, stabbed 31 people to death. Yeah. Well, apparently they're getting back into it. Um, so there's that going on. But the one that you'll really like, and I actually have, I have one more article after this one. Uh, I got to give credit to Phil Elmore, E-L-M-O-R-E. He's uh, one of my friends on facebook he's the guy that writes the mac balan stuff mm-hmm. uh, and he's always got all this martial arts stuff and like ninja stuff it's pretty he, i like watching his page but he's also quite political and uh there's a certain segment of the population called uh social justice warriors and they absolutely hate him and so it's funny because they bitch about him and <laughs> they go on there and you can really watch some good fights but uh so he he posted this article from the Federalist, and you're gonna love this. 
Here's the title. Behold, the beta males who feel good about watching a man die. <laughs> so here's, yeah. so oh, here's the article. Uh, here's the article. On the afternoon of July 4th in Washington, D.C., a teenager with a knife boarded a crowded metro train and attacked a 24-year-old man, Kevin Joseph Sutherland, stabbing him 30 or 40 times and kicking his head repeatedly until he was dead. No one tried to stop him. The Washington Post reports that passengers trapped in the moving train huddled at both ends of the car and watched in horror as the attack put, took place. They were There were about 10 people on the car, but no one intervened. They just watched <clears throat> Sutherland get beaten and stabbed to death right in front of them. The story goes on to describe the 18-year-old attacker, alleged attacker. Um, they didn't write that, but I have to say that because of, you know... Alleged attacker, there's probably video. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not saying the guy did it. I'm just reading a story, but I inserted the word alleged in there. Jasper Spires, robbing robbing other passengers who handed over their cash and tried to avoid even looking at him, hoping to be spared. You're not really sure what to do, said one witness, a 52-year-old woman. This man is holding a bloody knife. I don't think anyone was going to try to stop him. Perhaps that's not surprising coming from a 52-year-old woman. In general, it's hard to fault people in this situation for failing to intervene, even though they obviously should have. And then there's another heading for this article. It says, I'm not sorry I put myself first. What is more surprising is the failure to express regret for not having intervened to save a man's life. One eyewitness posted his account on Reddit, showing no remorse about failing to intervene and expressing no sacrificial impulse. And then he reads it. uh, This beta male, this is beta male rationalizing at its finest, and it is terrifying. Here is a full-grown man, larger than the attacker, who instead of thinking afterwards, maybe if I had stepped in and done something, that guy would be alive, can only thank his lucky stars it wasn't him. That Spires had a knife, what police call a small black folding knife they later recovered from a trash can, is no excuse. Any two adult men in that subway car could have stopped him, no matter how crazy or strong he was, and saved Sutherland's life. That no one did displays not just cowardice, but also a callous and unthinking selfishness. The Reddit eyewitness had no idea at the time how many more people Spires would kill, no idea if he would attack the 52-year-old woman or an elderly passenger. He just let him walk off the train in, into the subway covered in Sutherland's blood. Uh, this is essentially the opposite of the spirit of United Flight 93, the heroic uh, attempt or the heroic uh, selflessness that prompted a group of passengers on 9/11 to attack their hijackers, forcing them to crash the plane into a Pennsylvania field. Once they heard about the attacks in New York and the Pentagon, they knew many more would die if they failed to act, and they knew what they had to do, no matter what happened to them. Morally, the choice facing the passengers on that subway car on July 4th was no different than one facing the United 93 passengers on 9-11. It doesn't matter if it's one life or 1,000. The principle is what counts. Uh, So anyway... um, there's that, and there's like 490 comments on it, and people just went and totally chimped yeah. out. It was awesome. You know what's? You know what's? That's to me. That's just totally disgusting. What's that? That that whole I'm not gonna. I don't want to get involved. Bullshit. You know, a fucking bunch of pansies. Well, and I know bunch how of, much bunch you of fucking pansies. I know how much you hate uh, guys with knives. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I you know. Okay, so the the attacker, so I got into it on that page. Like I said, well, because I found out that the suspect was 5 foot 5 inches tall and 125 pounds. I mean, come on. A 5 foot 5, that's like tattoo with a knife. That's like your daughter. That's like Gary Coleman. It's like like your daughter (laughs) if she weighed 100 pounds more. Yeah, yeah, it's like. (laughs) No, she'd have to weigh what, like 20 pounds more? I don't know what she weighs. Did your oldest one weigh probably Uh, 80 pounds? Yeah, maybe. But, 60, 70 pounds. Yeah, but it's like you, you got Gary Coleman on there stabbing the shit out of someone, and you can't tell me that he stabbed him 30 or 40 times and kicked him in the head a bunch of times, and there wasn't 
one time when uh, he was distracted enough that you could bash him in the head. You know? Well, even if you took off your shoe and hit him with it, for God's sakes. Yeah. What a bunch of knuckleheads. Well, at any rate, it's... Uh, sheep. Sheep. A yeah. fucking train load of sheep. They might as well have been going to Auschwitz. Yeah, well... I mean, that's that's what that's what our... You know, I, I tell you, I, I, I feel a rant coming on. I, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the lady I got into it with, I'm not going to say her name... She said her point was, number one, was the victim or the attacker black? If you get involved in any act of violence or defend someone from a black attacker, especially if you are white, you are exercising white privilege and then should be ashamed of yourself, you racist. <laughs> number two, have you and I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because like we would get in serious trouble. So I'm That's just going to give her that point. Um, number two, have you seen what a two-inch blade can do? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, Actually, do you boob jobs with a two-inch blade? Don't you? <laughs> I, I do them with a, a one-inch or less blade. But but no, the the point is, is like she didn't want it. She would, and this is somebody that was uh, military telling me this. Yeah. And she's telling me all this stuff and like how she wouldn't want to get involved because you don't know the whole story and all this, but. Like, regardless of what the story is, you're seeing a, another human being being snuffed out. Like it, And so she, like, writes all this crap. And so I, uh, I put, uh, my response was, what a world you're describing. Are you happy with that world? And she, like, totally went off and went total full cat five chimp on me. Like, just totally went off and whatever. But uh, Stephen Dick even got into it a little bit. A uh, bunch of people. <laughs> oh, what did Stephen have to say? Well, Stephen was on my side. Of course. But what did he have to say? Well, he said, well, one of his things, she claimed to have ROTC ranger training, right? Oh, of course. So, so he had to say, well, I am a ranger. Well, so what he said is uh, <laughs> ROTC ranger training, question mark. And then he writes C slash 75 rangers Vietnam, Becky. You want to tell me about the guys you saw, or the guys, do you want me to tell you about the guys I saw shot to doll rags that stayed in the fight? A two-inch blade is not likely to take you out of the fight if you don't let it. Sure, you will get cut up and it will hurt, but the odds are you will live. Uh, this guy and everyone on the subway passively submitted to evil. And I agree with that. Like, mm -hmm. y you know... I don't know. And, and the thing is, is like that guy, you you might not even have had to have a physical confrontation with him if you just confronted him. If two guys confronted him and said, stop, you know, after he'd stabbed the guy a couple times, said, knock it off, he probably would have but, ran away like the five foot, five inch tall Gary Coleman coward that he is. I'd have dropped him in his tracks. Well, right. But like, it might not even have had to proceed to that level no 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 it had to <laughs> it would have had to i would have t i would have done no less than that <laughs> i would have done no less than that even if i didn't have a gun i would have done no less than that i'd have freaking hit him so hard he would be in next week yeah <clears throat> okay so i have another article that i know you're gonna just love um i was in a very blissful mood this morning now <laughs> i'll get you pissed. back into it i'll get you back <laughs> Don't worry, I got other stuff to talk about. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's one of, you know, it's been one of those weeks where... Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. So, you'll like this article, though. This is from Salon, and actually, 
Uh, you'll like it a lot. This is from Salon, but it's like a five-year-old article that I just happened to find uh, trolling the internet for hipster hate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a uh, Monday, March 15th, 2010 article on Salon. The title of the article is Hipsters on Food Stamps. They're young, they're broke, and they pay for organic salmon with government subsidies. Got a problem with that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. So I'll just read a couple lines. In the John Waters-esque sector of northwest Baltimore, equal parts kitschy, sketchy, artsy, and weird, Jerry Mack and Sarah Majida sauntered through a small ethnic market stocked with Japanese eggplant, mint chutney, and fresh turmeric. After gathering ingredients for that evening's dinner, they walked to the cash register and awaited their moments of truth. I have $80 left, Majida said. I'm so happy. I have $12, Mac said with a frown. (laughs) The two friends weren't tabulating the cash in their wallets, but what remained of the monthly allotment from their SNAP debit cards, the official new term for what is collectively known as food stamps. You know, I think I I read that article back when and was laughing at it back then. So here's another quote. You'll love this. I'm sort of a foodie, and I'm not going to do the living off ramen things, he said. (laughs) (laughs) I know, isn't it great? Uh, you know, the, the um, when the when the zombie apocalypse shows up, uh-huh. those guys are just going to freaking keel over and die. Uh-huh. They're just going to keel over and die. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I I posted I, I, that I, article I, and people like went mad on it. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I I got into it with my wife a little bit this morning because I shared something on Facebook. Um, did you have to delete it? No, I didn't actually. She, she just said, can't you post anything more positive than that? Uh And I, and I thought, what's the positive? What's, are you kidding me? It's the truth. Mm -hmm. How can you, why does that bother you? Um, wait a minute. Where is it? Mm-mm-mm. I guess I gotta go to my page to look at it. <laughs> okay, so it says it's one of those memes or memes, memes, yeah. memes. Society has become so fake that the truth actually bothers people. Well, it does. And <clears throat> so I posted that. I, I shared it and liked it. And she said, well, "How can you be negative?" Like, how is that negative? It's making a statement that's, that is the truth. Actually, all of this is getting bleeped out. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want to go into it. Why? Because. That's interesting. It's, it's interesting. The problem is, is that no matter what you say, you're going to piss off 50% of the audience. Uh, okay, so moving on to a... Uh, topic that'll cheer you up a little bit so um i've been talking about my uh plan to build this uh overpowered underweight car uh you know 550 horsepower 2200 pounds Mm -hmm. and so i've been watching videos on these cobras and i found uh a video of like people crashing their cobras (laughs) there's this one where this lady has this like really awesome cobra and the guy let her drive it right and i'll splice in some audio here but she first thing she does is she's in a parking spot and she has to back out she puts it in first gear not reverse and chirps the tires and almost like ran into a pole so then she's backing it out and these things have so much power that it's difficult to get them into gear without like totally screwing up and you know spinning the tires and all this so she's trying to get out of this parking lot and she like chirps the tires like three or four times trying to get it into gear and she pulls it out onto the road and takes off like a bat out of hell 
like, rah, you know, like, and, and she probably didn't even mean to do it. Like, it's just that the car is so ridiculously overpowered. And she goes and uh, runs through a stoplight and crashes into this car. And she, when she crashes into the car, the guy's like, I knew it. I knew it. She went and did it. <laughs> But uh, so because of that, um, I, I, I've said before that I'm kind of taking a step between my little Ford Focus hoopty and this ridiculous car because uh, I've driven quick cars before, but nothing that ridiculous, and I don't want to crash it. So I'm kind of stepping up a little bit in performance as I build it. But uh, anyway, so I've been watching these car crash videos. And the, the best ones are like the Russian dash cam ones. Yeah. <laughs> Did you happen to catch the guy that was that uh, the video of the two vets racing at the light? Yeah, yeah, and they both and they crashed. bump into each other. And yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he's behind them. Yeah, well, and the, the other giving thing, co- giving commentary. I, I got a big kick out of that one. I had seen that one a while ago. Yeah, the the ones that I like are uh, the ones that have audio because you'll you'll see these people just doing stupid shit like driving like a hundred miles an hour and they'll pass this guy and he'll go oh, uh," like that and then he crashes and they they all say like the same word it's like or something like that you know (laughs) (laughs) they all say every single one of them says the same word i think it's like fucking idiot (laughs) that's what it must translate to but uh it's those are so that got me thinking about also uh, possibly um, taking going a... Dri- uh, going to driving school? Yeah. <laughs> actually, there's Oh, really? A, yeah. Well, so th- this story gets a little more complicated. Um, the guy that, that reps uh, mentor implants to our practice mm-hmm. came for a visit, and I was talking to him, and uh, my partner told him I was building a car. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, you should see. And this guy builds cars, right? That's what he does. He takes old cars and restores them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just restored a a Boss 302 from olden times. And he sold it to Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, but he has all the ovens to like get the paint right and all the marking stuff to make sure the parts are marked. So he restores them to like the day they came out of the shop but the other thing he does is he um he races there's a lot of racing in michigan right mm-hmm. and he, he's got a you, you think he, he's <laughs> yeah exactly so he's got a 911 uh twin turbo that he races around and stuff but uh um so i joined the sports car club of america <laughs> uh to try to kind of dip my finger into that world because uh, i don't want to crash that car but i think i'm going to go take this uh driving course it's a a racing course out at uh in california at the laguna seca track Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a three-day thing and they they give you a a, basically it looks like a formula one car to race around that track and they tell you teach you how to do everything and how to do it safely and all the theory and all the things that go into it and you you spend like three days actually racing these cars and at the end of it you can get a a regional competition license you can go and do road races and stuff like that like for real nice so i think before i I ever before i ever drive that car i'm gonna take that class because i don't want to crash it when i when i grew up we learned how to do that in the parking lots of high school well so did i but, donuts uh, and reverse turnarounds and so did I. But I'm I'm rusty and and the thing is is that's probably illegal 
and I want to I want to do it legally. And it's it's the same approach that I take to survival training. If you're gonna do something and you're you know racing a car, that's like life and death. If you fuck that up, you can die. And so same same thing with like survival or you know wilderness stuff. If you're gonna do it, you need to have uh, the best training by professional teachers that you can possibly find. You know, so remember, remember these words. What? Those who can do. Those who can't teach. Yeah, but these guys are retired racers. That the the course is put on by um, That's guys that say. were like national <laughs> champions. I have no idea what that is. Well, it's like, you know, those indie cars. I'm, dri- I'm driving on the street. Right, yeah. You're going to listen to a guy that's teaching you how to drive around a freaking oval track or a Seca track, and and, and he's going to teach you how to drive 55 on the street. No, no, no. No, no, no. How to handle oh, wait, a high-performance no, no. car. How to handle a car that's got more performance than than it probably should have. 75 75 miles an hour on the highway, 70 miles on the highway, 55 on the road. So what do you need a freaking teacher to teach you how to drive that car for? I would like to be able to drive it uh, around a track, not not just on the road, because I, I will not break the speed limit. You've seen me drive. No. I drive like yeah. an old man on, no, on the no. roads because I don't no, want to no. get pulled You drive over. like an old lady. Yeah. Well, and and so like <laughs> actually, actually that's not true because my mother drives like a bat out of hell. Yeah. And so she, and she's an old lady, so that's not that's not true. Probably old ladies are worse drivers than old men. Right, but but the but the but the point is is like I like to obey the traffic laws so I don't get in trouble and so that my name isn't in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But I still want to drive that car uh, a little faster than I would drive it on the streets, and I think the only safe way to do that. And the only way that I would feel good about doing that um, is on a track. Because what happens if I'm like hot rodding around and lose control of the car and crash into somebody and kill mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the way I look at it. And so I'm not, they're not teaching me how to drive the car. They're teaching me how to race it. So. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah, I guess I didn't explain that right. Um, but, uh. Anyway, so that's uh, that's all I know. Hopefully, that sounds exciting. Cheers, people up after I trolled you all terrible there. <laughs> <clears throat> that sounds exciting. Yeah, I I'm not going to do that anytime soon though because I haven't even started building yet. But before I ever step foot behind the wheel of that car, I'm going to have com- completed that course. Mm-hmm. Like. It's crazy. Like if you see videos of these things, if you have your wheel turned slightly. Like you're going around a corner and you step on the gas, you just lose control of it. Like there's not enough weight uh, to keep the back end going the same direction that the front end is going. So, you know. Anyway. But besides that, yeah, that's about it for the day, I think. All right. What do you think? Uh, you got anything else? What else is new in the knife world? Um, we're assembling the first, uh, foresters, forest knives next week. Cool. Um, next Wednesday, I guess we went up, I went up, uh, and approved the sheets. Um, oh, cool. I saw a uh, prototype of a bushcraft folder. Okay. That Mike's making. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. The, you mean the, the little model? Yeah. Yeah. That thing is awesome. Yeah. And uh, got me thinking, and I think I'm going to make that uh, part of that family is going to be a folding bushcraft knife, a folding uh, forest knife. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. And then um, what else? Did you see uh, Anthony Scullambrini's, uh, uh discussion of the Cold Steel lawsuit? I did not. I did not. You know, and, and, and I just thought of something too. He sent me an email. Yeah, that's I it. Don't, I don't know if he sent. Well, no, I got one a, a while back about the. Uh, oh, where the hell did it go? I, I don't know that he wants that particular one read on the air. I because th- I got the same one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, so if you go to the, the website, uh, everydaycommentary.com, he, he breaks it down into two parts. One part is him talking about uh, his own personal opinion on it, whether, you know, what it does to the knife industry and all this. And then the other one is uh, him kind of breaking down the, the various case laws and things, and he reviews the what the what the uh, lawsuit was about. He like actually got the court filings and spent some time like going through them and stuff, which I thought was really cool to have a knife nut and a lawyer kind of dissect that case. Also, um, if you Google it, uh, you can see that uh, Cold Steel has kind of updated that whole. Uh, press release page of theirs and put out a video and everything so I haven't had a time to look at it but if people are interested in that issue um, certainly there's there's plenty of info out there for you <clears throat> well personally I I hate to see this kind of stuff happen to between companies like this and in a small industry like we have when there's no apparent reason whatsoever um, I mean, it's. I mean, I didn't even. I didn't read uh, his his commentary on this. This is my just my gut feeling. The whole thing is ridiculous, and it's just it's just meant to to produce us discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to even give it any more time than it than we've already given it because I don't like the whole process. I don't like a, a company that that is uh, gonna. You know, can't seem to make a knife to get in the get real good press, and wants to now go back to uh, let's start suing people so we can get some press and people will notice us again. Not fond of that tactic. There's a new um, Cold Steel folder. Have you heard of this thing? I try not to. Well, okay. I just just in the interest of of being fair, they have this. they have this new knife. Uh, people will know what I'm talking about. Oh, the Four Max. Uh, it's like a. It's a little bit pricey for me. I probably wouldn't buy it. Um, but it's uh, CPM 20V. Uh, you know, it's got a bunch of stuff, but uh, designed by uh, Andrew Demko. Um, Anyway, it's like one of those big overbuilt, uh, overbuilt um, folders like the zero tolerance and stuff. So it did look like they were trying uh, to kind of step into a little bit higher end of a market. So just just so that I could be fair and present that for people's viewing. See, I mean, here's a, a tactical self-defense knife. Yeah, if you carry that and you're found with that, you're toast. Yeah. Five, um, six hundred dollars for that? Why would I buy that? Why the hell would I buy that? Is that handmade by somebody from where? Where's the, where's the, where's the, is that made in America? Uh, let me look. Uh... I don't know. Quite frankly, yeah, it says um, Formax is 100% made in the USA from the finest materials possible. Unlike everything else that they make. He says bridging the gap between production knives and expensive custom offerings. So it's like a mid-tech. So so you could buy that or you could buy um, one of the custom makers, make, you know, design of a liner lock or a, or a, uh, a frame lock folder. I can I can buy that or I can buy a Sebenza. Tell me why I'm buying that. Well, you tell me. I I, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't spend a freaking that's a hundred dollar hundred and fifty dollar knife maybe. Well, anyway, that's uh, I I wouldn't buy it either. But that's just because I'm not in the market for that kind of a knife. Um, but people were actually um, people who got them actually did. Uh, they were pretty fond of them. I'll just I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Well. Good. <laughs> Man, I really trolled the hell out of you today. Yeah. Leave <laughs> it. Leave leave that shit there. <laughs>
you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of that whole deal. Well, neither am I, but you know, <clears throat> it is knife news. It is knife news. It is knife news. And uh, I guess, I mean, if you take, if you, if you uh, subscribe to the belief that any media coverage is good media coverage. Um, I, I, which I don't. Well, neither do I. You know. I, that's why I edit the podcast so heavily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, on that note, we got to go because I'm down to 19%. I'm sitting outside with my computer unplugged. And I, I either have to do one of two things. I either have to close her out or go get my uh, my plug and plug in. All right. So what do you think? You want me to go get my plug and plug in? Do you have anything else you want to say? No. It's the weekend. It's sunny. I want to go out and do something. Me too. I'm going to go outside and play. Yeah. So um, like us on Facebook. Continue listening. We, we've produced a, a lot of... Uh, of pretty decent, um, of, uh, a lot of pretty decent, um, uh, come on, help me out here. Content. <laughs> Content, thank you. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't charge nothing. So stop over and uh, give us a little flick on the like button on, on uh, the Apple iTunes page. And then, uh, if you have any anything to say to us, drop us a note on uh, at podcast at knifejournal.com. Stop over at the forum, like us on Facebook, KR vs. or Jay Noka. Or uh, stop and say hi to Stormy, uh, Franklin <laughs> Noka. Like have like him. He's uh, it's probably the first time we've heard from him in a while. Yeah, he's been calmer lately. Yeah, yeah, he has been. And uh, so, got anything else? Nope. Keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. And uh, go outside and play a little. Yep. Bye. Have a great day. Yep. Bye.